0: History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with pastor and author Cole Stringer. Cole is well known for the books 800 Horsemen, Riders of Destiny, and Discovering Australia's Christian Heritage. And it's a real privilege to have you in the studio. Welcome to History Makers, Cole.
1: Yeah, hey, good day, Matt. How are you?
0: Mate, really good. Thanks. Now, uh, tell me, uh, you're uh, up here in Brisbane at the moment for a convention, but I know that you travel all over the place. Uh, all around Australia, all over the, the countries of the world. Um, where did it all begin for you? Where did you grow up? Tell us about your, your family upbringing and, and how you came
1: to faith. Uh, okay, I grew up in South Australia, country South Australia. Uh, no Christian background really at all. Uh, my father was a professional kangaroo shooter. We blew Skippy away. I feel <laughs> the love coming from the tree huggers already. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's just how it is. You can't alter your past. But uh, So I had no Christian background at all. But I found out many years later my grandmother was actually born again, so even in my youth and that there was something there I knew was I just walked past the church I didn't even know anything, but you know i I remember on several occasions going into a church just kneeling down and praying so there was always something there, but I did the usual thing growing up in the in the country, you no know, fast cars, booze, girls, and that's about all it was. Yeah, the, the love of my life we've been married 47 years and but for the first seven years of my life we weren't christians and uh, so you know i was a bit disillusioned actually i had a friend out of the navy that took on the uh, a certain denomination we'll say you know as a minister <laughs> yep. and uh, i owned a fishing tackle gun shop and he used to come in support my business and he'd say uh, well i support your business why don't you support mine and So I went along one time and he said, oh, this is the greatest lurk out, you know, get a free car, free house. And I thought, oh, if this is Christianity, I don't want anything to do (laughs) with this is a con. So it actually turned me away and my wife and I started looking into the occult, eastern religions and things like that, you know. And we were just really, really mixed up real bad. But my wife's uh, father, parents got saved and they started a Bible study studying their, their home. So naturally we had to go. I'm going along to straighten these people out. Now I know I zip myself, but I'm going to straighten them out. Anyway, and uh, there was a fellow there that really challenged me, I, 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 a real man. You know, is it okay to say sometimes that uh, we need some real men in the church? Yeah, There's yeah. no shortage of wussy. This was a real bloke. I thought, gee, this is great. So anyway, and he challenged me, really challenged me. So anyway, as a result of that, my wife and I, we knelt down, we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, and I've never looked back. Now, I didn't see angels or lightning bolts in the sky, but my life drastically changed. And uh, we moved to Darwin shortly after that, and uh, as I say... uh, Had a gun shop up there And I just loved the outdoor life I never had the slightest intention of ever being in ministry Ever You know Because I thought most of them looked like they'd lost their First hundred dollar bill Or cruise directors for the Titanic Now it's not like that now But that's (laughs) Anyway so I was telling you That we joined a certain (laughs) denomination up there (laughs) And uh, great lovely people But nothing was happening There was more action at the opening of an umbrella You know So anyway we and they, I went along, and I said, "You know, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a school teacher. What are you? Are you? I'm a, I'm a missionary." And, and, they said, "What do you do?" I said, "I sell guns." <laughs> and they looked at me like I said, so, like, "Man, I like I was six 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 or something like that." <laughs> anyway, you couldn't possibly be a Christian and sell guns. So it sort of even the church culture shook me up a little bit. I thought, you know, gee, anyway. But uh, you know, my wife and I, we were really hungry for the things of God and um, in the 70s it was um, she took me into flying down to hear this black American preacher f- called Fred Price and uh, he changed in one week it changed my life forever I, I feel like I've been born again and again and I said to him well, if I'm going to go home and sell my business we're going to go to Bible school and uh, just uh, 30 what 5, 6 years later I could preach the message he preached that day off the top of my head and some people wouldn't even know what was preached last Sunday you know but, uh, but it just radically changed my personality even even my wife said you know dramatic changes so as a result of that we sold our business and um, I become an assistant pastor at the church in Darwin and um, we just moved on from there until eventually I, I pastored two years in the United States and then came home and we we got the church going there it ended up the largest church in the territory at that at that time I'm I'm sure it's not now but at that stage,
0: now you often travel and share uh, the message um, of the gospel in Australia, mm-hmm. and I know out in you know outback towns and small little churches, uh, people can be quite hardened to the gospel. People Aussies are like cynical and not sure about it all. Yeah. Uh, tell tell me about how people respond when, when
1: you share out there. I, I know what you're saying, but I think perhaps even a little bit more correctly, they don't like phonies. Yeah, that yep. I, I hear all the time. If it's Fair and they'll listen to you. But if it's just all bull or hype or I tell you who can pick it better than anyone is the Aboriginal people. Like we'd take visit we'd go into Arnhem Land and that not maybe take a visiting preacher from down south gonna save, you know, the Aboriginal people who you know, never been off the bitumen road in their life, like you know. <laughs> anyway <laughs> the Aboriginal people would say that bloke's gammon, that's not that bloke not really. Eh? Look don't bring that blog again, eh? You know, <laughs> and uh, I'd say don't say that. And I'd say that's a phony. It's not, that blog's not real, yeah. you know. And they could pick it. Yeah. And they, they know whether you're just patronising them, mm. and yeah. you're not. I mean, you're just out they're probably out there to get their glossy magazine photos or something, you know. But if you're real, and I find what the Aussie blokes do, if you really are real. They'll, they'll, they'll give you a go They'll mm, listen to you yeah. No you're, you're absolutely right And I, I know I was Impacted a while back By
0: one of your books Is it called Rediscovering Manhood Is that yeah, yes, yeah. Yes um, And you just mentioned Before
1: that you know There's got to be Some real blokes In yeah. the church
0: You know they need To man up Is that what you're saying <laughs> Yeah
1: Well hey Read the Bible I mean it was gentle Jesus meek and mild Hello He drove the money Changers out of the Temple with a whip yeah, yeah Anybody that can Separate a Jew from His money's no wimp that, You know I mean Like hello And uh, I mean imagine what it would take to go to the cross mm. uh, and and I mean Paul I mean he's whipped, he's beaten up he, he's left for dead, I believe he was dead mm. and what does he say, like let's get out of here mm. he says no, none of these things move me for me, you know, that's a bloke mm. like uh, Flint of the Inland I've just been reading here, awesome uh, you know, in the, the turn of the century that then I mean, he's out in the outback and he's going, He's taking the gospel out there and he goes along to a Burke, I forget the town, just forgive me, I forget the town, anyway, outback. And all it says is a pub and a police station. So he fronts up, looked for a place to have a service. Well, you imagine all the blokes sitting out the front, the ringers and the stockmen and their navy blue singlets and boots and you imagine what sort of a reception. He he goes into the pub, there's knife marks, they have been throwing knives into the bar, and so he asked the pub owner, he says, I'm looking for a place to have a church service. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he says, well, mate, if there's anybody still sober after the, we close, you can use the building. Yeah. So Saturday night in an outback pub and he gets up. You imagine and he's packed with blokes with their beers and he gets up and he says, I just want to talk to you about mateship. You blokes that know something about mateship. Well, this is the end of the war. You know, he says, if I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for, for my mates, he said. Uh, I was given up several times in the bush, but my mates still came looking for me. He says, remember the war? He says, it was our mates. The code of the light horse was you never left a mate, no matter what. And so after about 20 minutes, he says, I I see I got them. Tears are running down their cheeks, you know. So he says, I just want to talk to you about a mate that sticks closer than a brother. Someone that says greater love is no man than this. And he lay down his life for his mates. Not just inconvenience himself, but virtually lay down. How would you like a mate like that? I mean, you know, I mean that's the code of the bush, mm. and so he says in an outback pub half the hands go up to accept Jesus as Lord. Mm. So yeah. there is a way to reach the people. It may not be through smoke machines and gelled hair, but there is a way to reach them. Yeah. You know, I mean, we sort of think Australia ends at the. At that Brisbane or the city borders, no, the real heart of the country is in the, is in the bush, the outback, the small towns yeah. right throughout the country.
0: That's the thing. You've got to speak the language when, well, when you, you know, you've got to be real about it. You, I you feel know. comfortable. Yeah. You yep. know, I,
1: I, know how they think. Yep. And then, hey, if they think you're phony, they'll just quickly tell you. Now, you just
0: mentioned a minute ago the the Light Horsemen. Yes. Now, uh, I did some research on my family tree. Yeah, you were telling me. And my great grandpa, uh, Charles Wheaton, was one of the 800 Light Horsemen in in Bathsheba. Right. Uh, Came down from the Mount of Olives. And uh, tell us a bit about, you've written a book about that too. Tell us a bit about uh, the Australian history makers that really changed the world.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) Uh, I mean, you know, Jesus is coming back to Jerusalem, not New York City or London, as you know, but to Jerusalem. And uh, the city that he is coming back to is ruled by Muslims for, fi- for 400 years. From 1517, when it was captured by the Ottoman Turks, until 1917, it was ruled by Turks, right, which was pretty cruel to the, you know, to the Jewish people. And uh, 11 Crusades tried to take it could, and got in for a period of time into Jerusalem, but when they did, they were crueler to the Jews than what the Muslims were. I mean, they were just anti-Semitic. And uh, so driven out again Then Napoleon sent an army In uh, 1796 uh, Napoleon loved the Jewish people Tried to liberate Again the the Brits sunk his fleet He was defeated So for 400 years The city that Jesus is coming back to Is ruled by Muslims But in 1914 the First World War broke out We were 13 years old as a nation Traditionally in Jewish culture When a man becomes a boy At 13 years of age They don't have teenagers like we do You go from boyhood to manhood Anyway, so, uh, uh, you, know, you know, we went to Gallipoli, got a blood nose, but then shipped back to the Middle East, the uh, 45,000 light horsemen, you know, with their horses, and they're, eventually they're pushing the, the Turks back into the Sinai Desert. But in nine, 31st of October 1917 would be the day that they would make the charge on Beersheba uh, the Brits tried to take Gaza. The, the, the Turks had built a line of forts from Biroshima, well of the Oath, to Gaza where Samson carried the city gates. It took care of 11 Crusades, took care of Napoleon. Surely it would take care of a few bushies from down south, you know. So 60,000 British troops with tanks assailed Gaza for three days and, and can't take it. So on the, the third day, Shaw Bell, General Shawbell, says, if we can't take the wells tonight, we'll lose thousands of horses and hundreds of men some of the horses hadn't had water for 70 hours in the desert, so they call up the the desert mounted corps, the Anzac light horse, they're going to make a charge across 6 kilometres into the face of 4,700 troops outnumbering them 6 to 1 you know, in the trenches, heavy machine guns, artillery, Chauvel says every man will probably be killed in the first 10 minutes, but we are desperate so to cut a long story short, they make the charge, they take the wells and they lose 32 men and General Chauvel says either this is the greatest military victory of the war or this is the hand of God. And so for the first time in 400 years, the gateway to Jerusalem was opened, not by the might of the English army or the American army, but by your forefathers, your great-grandfather and my great-grandfather. My and sadly, the Jews know more about that heritage than we do. Oh, it's changing a little bit now. The Americans are very open to it. But a lot of Aussies, as you've said yourself, a, a last generation wouldn't have a clue what you're even talking about. So, uh, but that's part of our heritage. Another
0: part of uh, our heritage that I know you've, you've written about is um, that Australia was proclaimed the great Southland of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, which that's is right. actually today
1: that's <laughs> when right. we're
0: doing this interview right that's now, right. which is just giving me shivers down my yeah. spine. Tell us a bit about uh, how, you, how you discovered that and, and, and what that proclamation means over our country.
1: Well, actually, I was in England and uh, walking along the shore there, um, uh, you know, of the beach. Well, the most miserable excuse for a beach I've ever, <laughs> I've <laughs> ever seen. Him. I said, "This not a beach; it's a pile of rocks." <laughs> I'm endearing myself to the English, but <laughs> anyway. And uh, we were, actually we we're in Plymouth, and uh, I said, oh, "Honey, this is where the this is where the Mayflower set out somewhere here. There's a monument to these people, you know, because we'd spent two years in the states, and they loved their heritage." And as soon as I started saying it, I just heard, not audibly, but in my spirit, the Lord said, it would be nice if you knew as much about your own heritage as you do some other countries. And I realised I knew virtually zip. I mean, when we went to school, it was all about the pharaohs and the, the Sphinx and and We know more about Egypt's history than we do our own. Anyway, so it set me off, and that's actually when I started to do the study about the light horse and my grandfather, because my dad didn't even know. When they came back from the war, that suffered so badly, they they wouldn't even talk about it. So a whole generation missed that altogether. And then I, I came across some of these things, and, you know, it was cool, they were saying great, but it's actually just Southland of the Holy Spirit. So I actually, you know, started doing some study, and I was amazed on the day of Pentecost, uh, you know, Pedro Fernandez de Quiros, if I got that right. Anyway, comes sailing down into these waters, you know, off Vanuatu. Thinks he's found Australia, but he's looking for this place. He's got the figure of the Apostle Paul carved on the front of his ship. Believes that this is the will of God. The Brits are looking for it. The French are looking for it. The Dutch, and they're sailing around. It's not exactly that small that you could miss it that easy. But he comes right in and. He makes a proclamation and he calls this land Southland of the Holy Spirit. Australia, New Zealand, the islands of the Pacific. If you remember Jesus, in the book of Acts, it talks about taking the gospel to Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. It jumps from Samaria, the ends of the earth, is exactly what De Kiros has called Southland. If you take it as far as you can possibly get from the Holy Land, you'll land in Australia, New Zealand and the islands of the Pacific which he calls Southland of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, and this always and forever, you know, the gospel shall be preached zealously and openly. And tell me, you've researched a lot
0: about Australia's Christian heritage. Is, is there, you know, we haven't got much time now, I guess, but is there? has that
1: impacted you a lot to know right. the foundations that this country's been built on? Well, how many times have you heard about the Azusa Street revival, the Welsh revival? But we've had something like 70 documented revivals in this country. There was a move of God in Melbourne where one quarter of the population came into the kingdom of God. Most people don't even know. In Windsor, New South Wales, people were falling out under the anointing in the streets before they could even get into the churches. Hey, I'm not knocking the Azusa Street. That's awesome. But it would be nice if we knew a little bit about our own rather than it's always somewhere over there or America, you know. And sort of, you know, it's always you've got to go over there to Pensacola or Toronto. But hey. What about what, what's happening right, or what happened even right here, you know, that the Spirit of God's moved in our n- – no other nation's ever been honoured with the name Land of the Holy Spirit. And, and if that was the Americans, they'd make a major, major deal of it, but, but Aussie should be right, mate, you know, mm. don't worry about it, you know. And we are so blasé. Well, you've certainly inspired me, uh, Cole. I'm, uh, I'm keen to get
0: your book and have a read now. And uh, I also um, just wanted to let you know I've been just so encouraged to watch your ministry over the years. You know, I've, I've seen your books, I've heard of you traveling around preaching, and, and you really have a heart for this country, which is wonderful. Yeah. Now, I, I need to give you the opportunity now. I mean, you shared uh, your story of conversion when you yes. were young. Uh, you you found out about the gospel and and it impacted you. There's bound to be people listening now that are thinking, you know, I want to hear this gospel message. I want to hear this Christian heritage message. What's what's the message of the gospel for Australians in 2009? How would you share that with those that are listening right now?
1: It's the good news. It's not the bad news. It's the good news. No, God doesn't hate you. God's not going to try and beat you up. It's the goodness of God. And I, I believe that Jesus died for each and every one of us. You know, uh, sometimes we get sort of funny ideas and that, but really, if you study, you know, there's only one sin that's going to keep you out of heaven, and that's rejection of Jesus Christ. Because sin is sin. You know, some people think, oh, I'm the worst, I've done this. Hey, the only thing that'll keep you out of heaven is rejection of Jesus Christ. Read, read the Bible itself, it's the good news. So we serve a, a good God, not a bad God, it's the goodness of God that brings man to repentance. And I believe the good news is that you don't have to go to hell. The good news is you don't have to be sick. The good news is you don't have to be depressed. The good news is that Jesus came to set us free from all of that—the curse of the law. Hey, if I if this wasn't re- real, I wouldn't be preaching it, mate. I, if this was, if I hadn't proved it in my own life, forget it. Let's all go to the pub or something like that. You know, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah. But th- th- this is in an age of, of, of everything plastic and phonies and phony people. The one thing that you can base your life on. Is the authenticity of the Word of God. And Jesus came to pay the price. It's the good news. Maybe you heard that, you know, Jesus or the God's out there waiting with a big stick to whack you over the head, or this is the judgment, you know, on the nation or something. Listen to me. It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that brings man to repentance. And I find that he's a faithful mate that sticks closer than a brother. And I found that everything that he said in his word that he'll fulfil and back it up.
0: Mate, I reckon that is good news, and I can see that it's not fake. It's the real deal. It's, yeah. it's uh, you, you know, when you get cut, you bleed the good news. I can see that. So, uh, mate, thanks for sharing that. And if you're listening out there and you've been impacted by this message... Uh, just send us an email, info at historymakersradio dot com, and we'd love to uh, talk to you more about uh, about faith in Jesus. Now, Cole has been very generous today, and he's willing to offer uh, twenty books. We can give away ten books of the Eight Hundred Horsemen: Riders of Destiny, and ten books of The Discovery. Uh, Discovering Australia's Christian Heritage. So the first 20 people to send an email to info at historymakersradio.com will uh, organise to get those books mailed out to you. Just send us your info with your uh, address details and the first 20 people will get a a free copy of those books thanks to Cole Stringer. Now, Cole, what's the best website for people to go to if they want to find out more about your Um, ministry?
1: Yeah, colstringer.com. Uh, www.colestringeroneword.com
0: Okay mate, we'll we'll have a link to that from the History Makers website as well. Mate, I reckon you're a History Maker, thanks for joining us. Yeah,
1: thanks, thanks Matt. History Makers